0: Hello, in episode number 74, we talk about running lots of foam latex and overcoming the things that can go wrong when you run foam latex. Now, despite silicon being the material that most go to first, it's a very real material. Foam latex needs to be kept in mind for certain projects. So that's a good episode here to talk about that. We also chat about how 3D scanning and printing has had a tangible benefit this year on some of the jobs that we've done and how using this technology has enabled things that would not otherwise have been possible so how's your day been well it was all right i've been very active been very busy with the boys um and i went for a bike ride with ben and then went to the gym with jamie and then i myself went to for a two-hour walk this morning so I've been very nice. very busy, boy. Yeah, it's been good. How are you been?
1: Good. I'm just about to be finished with Shrek. Uh, right. Got four four cows I'm going to take up tomorrow and bring two back that need minor repairs that I'm going to fix and take back up on Tuesday. And then it's
0: finito. How's that done.
1: Yeah. So it's it's and uh, I just handed off my animatronic Pinocchio to a fella for a. Uh, a children's theater workshop camp. Oh, nice. Uh, they're going to have that for a week. And he, he was blown away by Pinocchio. Oh, so I showed him how it works with a RC controller and everything.
0: Yeah. 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 And
1: so they'll have it for a week. Excellent. And the weather's nice. Uh, it's only 82 today. Oh, wow. Beautiful day. And tomorrow's <laughs> the high is supposed to be 64.
0: my gosh. So I'm That's hoping mad. I
1: can get, get some work done in the, in the backyard on the, the pathways need some work yeah, yeah. while it's oh, yeah. nice and cool. And then I've got to, have got to diligently. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm hoping some of what we talk about today will, will be good fuel for my, Falmouth University talk, uh, next week. And then I've got to get ready to get ready for my Portland trip.
0: Nice. Are you looking forward to that?
1: I am. Um, you know, it's Portland's still a hotbed of ridiculous uh, political violence. <laughs>
0: Are you flying?
1: I'm flying, uh, flying Southwest. Unfortunately, I'm not going to be anywhere near downtown where they're still fucking shit up. Uh, I'm going to be Southwest of town and my ski buddy, the, the, the young, young ski champion who I did the the old age, the hot dog Hans thing. He's actually going to be in Portland while I'm there. He and the the ski team are going to be training up on Mount hood. So I'm, Gonna to try to get up to where they're doing their stuff oh, at least for a, for a day on one weekend and mm-hmm. and hang out with them.
0: Oh, nice! Oh, that's yeah. cool. Do you ski?
1: Not anymore. I used, I, to. I used to. Yeah, that's it's still one of the things that I dream about, and it. I it's there's little I would rather do than ski. That's right. Probably the thing I was best at of anything I've ever tried.
0: Oh man. <laughs> I've never tried it. i will be terrified. It's a lot of myself. fun.
1: Well, <laughs> there is that risk, but
0: yeah, you
1: know, no guts, no glory.
0: So you've been um, running foam like a a, a mofo like for a
1: madman, yeah. And I think I'm gonna when I get back, I'm gonna do a a lengthy video tutorial that we can put up on the on the website and and the YouTube channels uh, of start to finish on how I do my particular Shrek makeup, mm-hmm. you know, sewing the Power Mesh sock and using the injectors and maybe even a, a little tangential tutorial on how to make your own foam injector.
0: That's a very good plan, And, I and think. things
1: that I've learned on, on this particular production because, you know, the cowl is designed to have the face uh, piece attached to it, so it's, it's one piece, but mm. the cowl can be used by itself which is right. what this production opted to do. And it just doesn't fit this, their actor quite well enough. And it would have been a bunch of major headaches and fiery hoops to jump through to try mm-hmm. to make it functional that way. And I said, look, I think you'd be better off, not because I want to make any more money, it's because it's a shit ton of work for me to retrofit, these cowls with the face but to go ahead and put the face on the cowl and you'll be much happier and they are much happier um i have to show you a picture i didn't i'll I'll show you later i I, I don't have it ready to just pop up and show you um well maybe i can
0: um so to be clear so you you, you, so it's a shrek makeup for for a big theater production for uh, for a a big theater production and the face yeah. part is a separate piece to the the rest of the yeah, head, but which I is a cowl
1: but I att- but I attach it to the cowl so that it right. it's all as one piece. And I've learned a lot in now how in retrofitting these and how I should do this from the get go for right. the full full piece because it makes it much stronger. Because what I because what I've done is you know I've the bridge of the nose no longer connects to the forehead, so. Right because what happens if it doesn't fit you perfectly and it actually fits this act. Now it fits this actor better than it fit the actor that I actually sculpted the prosthetic for (laughs) because, you know, foam latex shrinks Mm -hmm. and now it it really works better. What happened before is this bridge piece would always pull away from the, from the skin because the nose and the forehead were attached. Now, that doesn't happen.
0: That's a very useful um, and quite a, quite a significant development.
1: But, but look at this.
0: Yeah, because the nose is a big thing, isn't it? So for that to yeah. not stay in place is, is a bit of a drag.
1: And it's very expressive.
0: Yeah, fantastic.
1: And you still oh, see cool. the actor. It, it, it fits him great. And, you know, you can't tell because it's, it's open from directly under the, the nose and the, the whole mouth area is open.
0: Yeah, so you can see, but you,
1: you <laughs> but you can't. You you don't see any any visible line, even on the forehead, which which
0: glues right under. Can you send me a couple of those pictures? We can put them on the on the blog post notes. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Excellent. Yeah, so I'm I'm thrilled with the way it's it finally turned out. It's been kind of a headache trying to retrofit it and get it all worked out. But you know, Shrek opened on Thursday night, and a bunch of the cast members graduated from UNC. Mm-hmm. Uh, near the near the theater so the audience was packed with current theater students oh wow so you know the production manager pat Payne was telling me that from as soon as shrek walked on stage after the the opening number with mom and papa shrek kicking young shrek out into the world on his own at his, on his seventh birthday when shrek made his appearance the place went nuts
0: amazing
1: he, he said it was like that for the whole show
0: Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> Very gratifying. So, I mean, that... so, you
1: know, when, when you have a night like that, it, that just raises everybody's performance because everybody gets so jazzed. There's such a uh, symbiotic relationship between performers and audience. When yeah. when the audience is really enthusiastic, the performers just, you know, go turn it up to 11.
0: Yeah. That's the thing with, with uh, stuff like makeup and things or anything that's been produced over the you know that takes a long time to make and you know you're with it every step it becomes so processy that you kind of get removed from what it means to have someone perform in makeup and you really get that with theater and it's it's, right. it's really really lovely especially after the you know the 15 months of fucking exclusions and,
1: and shrek is know, such a, a monster of a show to, to mount i think yeah people realize yeah. just what a motherfucker it is to to try to put on
0: i can imagine so you've
1: got, got yeah because it's all these fantasy fairy tale creatures
0: yeah so you had with that um that uh that that, that cow piece you were saying um that the the mouth area is completely clear so can we yeah. talk a little bit about the the technical aspects of how someone has to perform in in theater particularly if they got to sing um, and sure. they got to deliver lines and that kind of stuff with it with a with a makeup that's not you know it can't really you, you're less concerned with the finer points like you would with details and stuff are more concerned with things like how they sound and, and how, you know, I try to put as much detail into the
1: sculpture as I, as I can, just because, you know, it's, you want it to have that feeling that it's that it's real in in some way, but trying to have an upper lip piece that's attached to the nose or, you know, a lower lip piece where, you know, you've got the entire face covered Mm -hmm. because the mouth is such a, a high traffic area to begin with and you're breathing warm, moist air out through your nose and out through your mouth and you're singing and making big, broad expressions with your face, it's a totally different animal from filmmaking where you know, you've know you got close-ups, because you know, in mm-hmm. theaters, every, everything's in a wide shot. So everything's gotta be a little bit bigger. You can't have the subtlety of, of movement that you can get it with a close-up because the audience is gonna go, I hear him, but is his mouth moving? Mm-hmm. Um, so if you've got the mouth covered the way you would want to with a, with a film piece, it's gonna come loose. Mm. There's no question about it going, to, it is going to come loose. So what I've done with, with Shrek is, you know, the chin piece comes up to basically the high point of, of the, the chin piece is in the little notch below the lower lip mm-hmm. and then comes around. So it's quite quite a bit open. It opened down the nasolabial labial line, on both sides and under the nose. Right. So directly under the nose to below the mouth. And basically the, the upper part of the chin is wide open. And honestly, you can't tell that it's open if, if the, the paint, which it does match, it's the exact same stuff. I just made a, a PAX out of the Mehron Ogre Green. Uh, that I painted the prosthetic with, and he's you know, the actor's using the same stuff to paint what visible skin he has, and it's it looks fantastic,
0: amazing. You know, it's and what did you, did you, did the you forehead down? really
1: thin. Um, Using telesis, right? To stick it down. Mm-hmm. So and the forehead piece is really thin, and it's reinforced with power mesh. The whole the whole piece has power mesh uh, baked into it completely around the eyes so you don't have to worry about the edges coming unraveled because you, right up to the the cut line is got power mesh underneath it one layer oh, of power mesh really so you put
0: that you put that on the core and then foam around
1: and it over. yeah
0: yeah yeah oh cool and how do you stick it down do you use like a spray mount or latex or um, that to stick it on you get the, the power mesh mm-hmm.
1: yeah um well i have an actual full sock that goes over the Head cores when I for when I make the cowl. Gotcha. And then I lay I lay multiple strips of of power mesh after I use uh 3M77 spray cement on the on the face core. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll just lay that completely over so that it completely covers the face. And then I'll just smash that down into the negative once the phone's in it.
0: Gotcha and amazing and so how many batches of foam did you have to run um, <laughs> in total for this job this has been going on for a while i yeah. can't think like i've been speaking to you for a while on and off you're like yeah i'm running more foam today and then i saw the little foam goblins you were putting up on instagram and i'm like shit he's still running foam yeah
1: well i well i ran several more batches of foam than i than i had had hoped i would some older stuff that uh i have have face mask pieces for mama shrek and papa shrek that that actors wear that have straps and go with other costume pieces because it's it's a real quick change after that that number because then they've got to be fantasy creatures in the very next number so it's real fast change and i did three batches of the faces which was a two batch each time to film mama and papa shrek
0: is that two mixes on the go at the same time
1: yeah going at the same well i can i can do do a double batch in in one mixer and it it'll fill up the bowl and not not get too much um but i had like three days of abysmal failures with those masks and going what the fuck is going on because i do everything by the book exactly the way i've always run the shrek pieces Mm -hmm. and the room was cool so it's you know everything was gelling up right but I was having like steam pull away, a foam pull away or steam collapse. Mm-hmm. And the only thing I could think of was I had my, my latex base had gone bad. Mm-hmm. Just wasn't was So you eliminated stuff. everything else. So I, I eliminated everything else. I changed changed the foaming agent. I changed the curing agent. I changed the gelling agent. Mm-hmm. The only thing I hadn't changed yet was the base. And as soon as I changed that, Everything was working beautifully. So Excellent. I had about eight batches failed of the old stuff. Oh, and I had a strange. brand new five gallon pail of, of uh, foam base and, and all the new, new chemicals started using that. So each cowl is, is five batches uh, and each face is two. So seven batches, uh, so 40, I've, I've done 40 batches of foam to do eight cowls and eight phases. So when,
0: when you say five batches, that means you've got to do five mixes. Correct. To yeah. fill that head. Just that yeah, one so, head. What
1: I, so the way I do it is I will do, I can do a three batch in, in a mixer and then I'll do a two batch. So I'll do a three batch and inject that from the bottom up. And yeah. then I have injection ports at the top and I do the two batch on top of that. After, this is
0: really after everything's after everything's gelled. To point out is that you know, so obviously you're limited to the volume of foam you can produce in your mixer. So right. knowing that, you've allowed for it and put multiple injection points in your mold or your core right. or in your mold. Uh, in the core. In the core, so you can actually inject to a point, and then when that's filled to the capacity of that syringe or that mix. You've mm-hmm. got a void. You need an injection point in within that void area to allow right. you to get a new one. So that's fantastic. I've got five.
1: I have five mixers, but I can only handle one at a time. You know, it's right, I, right. I've I've juggled two before.
0: Um, oh, it's but too it's, much. It's like a DJ running, running around that's with jello. Yeah, yeah, to all these stopwatches, trying to panic. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. So, that's, so. But that's that's interesting that you can do that you know, like you say to, you know, you may think, oh, you know, I've got this mold here and I've only got one mixer. It's like, well, you can actually, as long as you anticipate that in your core, you know, your molding process, you can actually inject, like you say multiple mixes and they'll all stick to each other and then bake them all at the same time.
1: Yeah. And, uh, and it's, it's virtually tear proof with the power mesh in it, and the power mesh yeah. is really stretchy and it's really strong. And I mean, you can really pull on this stuff without worrying about, Tearing
0: the piece in half quite useful for which for is pieces. great yeah, you because know, because
1: <laughs> actors can fuck anything up <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> now i if I, there's I, a way they will yeah i'm wondering about um the, like like you said you know you'd, you'd run five mixes or five batches or five cowls you said you'd run a load that went bad and that's how you identified your And yeah, no, I, I, I
1: ran i probably had six or eight batches that went, that went bad
0: wow so what i'm trying to get to the bottom so that, of is that was three
1: three or four um runs which is three or four days because
0: yeah that's what i'm gonna say i can only
1: i can only do one 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 run a day
0: right so so what 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 i'm trying to highlight here is that you had to run the foam stick it in the mold and then bake it and it's only on opening a baked piece can you determine you that it
1: has out, failed yep, yep.
0: Which is significant because this is one of the things about when we talk about, you know, people might have present some difficulties about flat molds or silicon. I'm like, <laughs> you fucking, no. what are you yeah. talking about? You, <laughs> you have no idea. You lost an
1: entire day just yeah, waiting takes, to find out if something's worked or not.
0: Yeah. And then you managed to find, okay, you know, you you uh, located the problem through, you know, um, working diligently through each of the products. So you've got to run another batch with a new gelling agent, another batch with a new curing agent, and then... Try and identify what yep. can't and then you've to got to deal
1: with the fact that you know my shop is not air conditioned. So when I first started running the cowl,s the temperature in the shop was about 66 degrees. The temperature in the shop when I ran the last cowl was 76 degrees. Wow, ten degree, ten degrees warmer. So you and have to that, adjust. That is a significant temperature change in how the mix setup goes yeah um, because I was using uh, for the three batch run I would use 18 grams of gelling agent because you, you can do like 16 to 20 grams um, a batch. As, as a good is a good window for, yeah. for, for those for a, for a triple batch 16 yeah. to eight, 16 to 20 grams of gelling agent right. and I was using 18 when the room temperature was 66 degrees. I had to use 16 grams, and even even at at um, you know that the room that cool, and using 18 grams, I had less than 30 seconds after I put the foam, you know, after after the the mold was clamped shut before the foam was gelled.
0: <laughs> it's kind of terrifying.
1: Yeah, when it when it got warm, and I and I I went 17 one day, and I noticed that as I was putting the last of the foam into the mold, it was already starting to gel up in the bottom of the bowl. Mm -hmm. So I quickly got, got the mold closed and no sooner had I clamped it than the foam was (laughs) (laughs) gelled. So I said, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to knock the gelling agent back some more. I went, went to 16 and it still was fully gelled 30 seconds after I clamped the mold shut
0: is there anything else you can do to offset that gelling can you like reduce your refine time or would you yeah there are there, are
1: there well, are there are a I mean, number yeah. of of things that you can do um reducing the gelling agent is probably the easiest yeah um but you can yeah, presumably you can alter, you can alter the refining times as well
0: yeah but that's that could affect your cell structure and yeah. the ammonia levels yeah. do you and i, I try mean,
1: you know i try to whip it as as fast and as long as i can to get the the volume that i want so that it's going to be nice and <laughs> it's a punch nice quote nice and light <laughs> yeah
0: cue the cue the 70s wah-wah guitar okay. so and what 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 kind of rise were you going for what kind of what volume um, were
1: i i got about it uh three times
0: because you want it reasonably soft. You don't want it too. Um, yeah,
1: because it's going to be on the too, face. So you you want it, right. you want the piece to still be expressive, and sure. you know Shrek's got a big nose. He's got big rosy cheeks. He's you know.
0: It's yeah. and, it, and also it's if it's too character. dense, it'll, it'll shrink more as well. It'll shrink
1: more right. if it's if it's too dense, also,
0: mm. um, which is not optimal. So you yeah,
1: you gotta kind of figure out what you want it to be like when it's finished mm-hmm. before you start.
0: Mm-hmm. amazing see it often comes up where people are asked, oh, do people still use Valnotix is it used it's like yeah <laughs> it well, is it awesome. is. I think I think it's just not taught it's, in a lot of places because it's, it's not as easy it. to
1: it's not as easy to do as silicone or gelatin that's no. you know it's it's part sorcery part magic and part science yeah and you got to really love it which thankfully I do I wish I had more opportunities to do more of it because it is when it wor- when it works and, and you, it's everything's happening correctly, it's I
0: mean it's it's really neat. What them? Um, are you what mold are you using? How what are the molds? Um,
1: it's all epoxy, which is nice because you don't have to release the epoxy. It holds up really well. These two mold, the face piece, the face mold, and the cowl mold, I've probably run sixty times at least. And it's still good. Yeah, and and they're still fine.
0: Amazing. And what uh, what epoxy are you using? Like freeform air? Um, it's
1: a uh, smooth on um epoxy coat for my for my for my detail gel layer. I then I use the, the laminating uh epoxy mite one fast with uh chopped glass and, and fiberglass cloth for two layers. Then I do about a half an inch of the freeform air epoxy dough. And then I do one last layer of uh, the epoxy the laminating epoxy with one layer of of cloth in that, to get it nice and smooth and then sand it when it's done. So it's it's really strong. It's really lightweight, but it doesn't take
0: quite so long to heat up in the oven. No, it
1: it heats up really fast. Um, What I've been doing is I've 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 been doing all of these pieces at 130 degrees, so I've been letting it sit in the oven for 10 hours which I could probably take it out at, at nine, nine and a half. But because it's at such a lower temperature, the window for failure is, I don't know, you have a much bigger window mm. of when when you can, I could, probably could have left it in for 12 hours at that temperature and it wouldn't have done anything. The phone would still be fine.
0: Yeah. So 130 degrees. Fahrenheit and an, and a lower so. te-
1: And a lower temperature is also going to give you softer foam.
0: Yeah. Oh, right. I did not know that. Yeah. Ah. So 130 degrees is an uh, English money. What's that? Celsius, about 60 Celsius. So not, I think so. Not, 66 not, not that, maybe. Yeah. Not that hot at all. But like you say, low and slow. Yeah. And low and slow. Also... And,
1: and uh, it, it, you've got a much bigger window to get it out safely. So, oh, you amazing. know, if, if, if you get tied up with something and your, your alarm goes off that I should go turn the oven off right now, you do it in an, in another hour, it's no
0: worries. Oh, that's cool. And then what do you do? I guess your, your process in the previous. Yeah. Then I, I let it,
1: I'll let it cool down for, for about 20 minutes. I'll, I'll turn the oven off. I'll leave the blower on. So the air keeps circulating through the oven. Cause it's a convection oven uh, and I'll open the door about halfway to just let the heat come out. And when the, the thermometer says it's you know, about 95 degrees, I'll, to reach in, grab it, and take it downstairs and mm. pop it open. You want to open it while it's still warm because it's going to be easier to get the foam out of the out of the mold when it's when it's fresh than if you let yeah. it completely cool down. And you don't have the problem of it possibly cracking the way stone molds will if yes. you get them yeah. out of the oven ding, ding too quick ding. too quickly and they cool off and you'll boom you'll hear that little ding and yeah
0: shit. <laughs> I remember that my, my first ever foams, I was, i try trying to think where, I think it might've been the Lee Bagan book I've been using as reference and yeah, used to sort of switch the oven off and I was impatient. So I would, I, I wrapped it in the towel. I think mm-hmm. that was the way to let it cool down. But even then you could still hear it go ding, ding. And of course it's hot. You can't touch it. And Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Nice and time. that's,
1: that's when you probably were cooking it at 185 degrees.
0: Yeah. Because, you know, I didn't have that control as my mom's kitchen oven <laughs> <laughs> using a baking tray. Yeah. Good Lord. So, and your, and your
1: window for, for failure is much narrower at a higher temperature.
0: Yeah. 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 Oh, you know, the,
1: the benefit is, you know, you don't have to bake it as long, but I'd, I'd much rather bake it plan for baking longer at a lower mm-hmm. temperature than trying to do something too fast and risk, fucking it all up
0: so once you've got your your foams in the oven so you, you you do your mix what takes like 20 minutes half an hour something like that to do yeah your, um,
1: um what i've been doing with cooler temperatures uh, you know because i've changed the mix schedule from like a, a nine minute or a 12 minute uh, mix up to I'm, I'm doing 19 minutes maybe even 20 I'll, i might even add another minute to to the high speed, to the to the whipping stage. So I'll go from from uh, 19 minutes to 19:30 to just mix the ingredients, and then at 19:30 I'll whip it all the way up to 12. My my um sunbeams go up to 12, and they've also got a power boost button on on them that I will clamp. Yeah. I will actually clamp the power boost button down with a with a spring clamp. So that it's yep. gone up to like 18, <laughs> so Good it's going Lord. really fast. It's all, almost like KitchenAid fast.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, and I'll smart, I'll smart. let it let it whip to um, 11 minutes, and then I'll go down to speed four uh, for the for the initial re- refining period, and I'll let that go down to six minutes, and then I'll go down to speed one uh, when it hits six minutes, and that'll it'll stay on one all the way to the end. Uh, where at two minutes is when I add, add the gelling agent and I'll, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll add that. I'll make sure that it takes me about 30 seconds to put all the gelling agent in and I'll yep. let that get that all mixed up and I'll back bowl it and I'll lift even lift the, the beaters up to it. So whip all the foam off the beaters and again. put it back yeah, it down comes. in again to yep. so make sure that it gets all mixed through there. And then I will stop the mixer and start putting it in the mold at about 30 seconds left. So that I'm about ready to clamp the mold shut when the when the buzzer goes
0: off. Wow. You got that down to a fine art. <laughs> and so when you you've done your foam, it's gelled, you stick it in the oven and then it's clear for 10 hours. So and then what are you doing? Are you processing the previous day foam runs and seaming and I'm I'm them?
1: doing that and I'm and I'm doing doing other things, you know, that's whatever other projects I've got going on. Uh, I can I can work on Nessa cuz I set a timer as soon as I put it in the oven and I I don't even turn the oven on until I put the mold in
0: it. Right.
1: So I let it heat up gradually.
0: Great. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was
1: some, and that was another part of the troubleshooting thing that that well, you know, cuz I I while I was waiting for everything to gel, I would go up and turn the oven on. So, there it had already started heating up by the time I put the mold in and I ruled that out. So that wasn't part of the problem. But it's nice we just put them put the mold into a cold oven and let it heat up everything gradually and so for those that
0: for those that that might not be familiar with the problems you mentioned steam collapse and steam lakes Mm -hmm. and and air bubbles just to very quickly can you describe do you have any photos of of the messed up foams
1: um i might I might, did but I, I just—I I just try. I just did something that I haven't done before. Um, I just wrote another book. Oh, uh, wow. that, yeah.
0: So that's what you're doing uh, in between. It was—it was—it
1: was pretty. It was no. It was—it was quick. I—I took advantage of Amazon's um, digital publishing feature, and I have put right. together the Shop Monkeys Guide to Running Foam, which oh, basically I've, I've taken some of the foam latex bits from from special makeup effects for stage and screen along with a bunch of troubleshooting uh, observations and stuff that oh, uh, so cool. that Roland Blanca floor uh, shared with me and then several hundred, um, I think like 150 or so uh, of the foam run record sheets in it. Yeah. So it's going to be a 7 by 10 inch book that's got all of it. I've even put the instructions for my foam latex oven in it. And it's, is it's, this a, published it's now? a log book. It's a, a logbook so you can keep all the notes for all of your foam runs in it. Plus, right, right. it's it's a primer on on foam latex, where the latex comes from, how it all, how, how it all came to be what it is today. And cool. just a, just a little little primer on on foam latex. So it's it's still in review right now, but it should be okay. available on Amazon for purchase. Maybe sometime this week.
0: Fantastic. Well, let me know when it's available, and we'll 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 put it on the um on the show notes.
1: Yeah, it's going to be for, on sale for ten ninety five. Oh, fantastic!
0: That's really cool. Ah, well that that's brilliant. I mean, I remember having the the Donna Drexler nine one one yeah yeah emergency handbook. I think I've I think I have a around. copy of that, but summer. no one else has really addressed phone particularly, and it's one of those materials where I do think that a lot of colleges don't i had a call with you the other day i was explaining a very strange situation which i might go into now but like well you it suddenly dawns on you that there are places where they're they're cutting back on things so much it's like they there's no way they're going to be teaching foam latex (laughs) where they don't even know what pros is. um but it's it's well i'm going to be
1: teaching foam latex when i when i'm in in oregon next week or two weeks amazing
0: yeah it's a so, good thing to do it really is a there good are thing to a few do. places it's, that are doing it yeah well it's just there's not many people showing how to do it and it's sort of because of silicon taking over so many things it's one of those things that's lost favor but i think particularly for cosplay stuff and for mm-hmm. big things and certainly for theater it's know, i would love a really to be able, nice able to material. do a,
1: have an oven big enough to do a, a foam suit yeah i think that well, would be it just just that weighs, would be so much fun to know.
0: do The only issue is the shrinkage for large things, but there are ways around it. But, Mm -hmm. you know, I was thinking about, um, because I've had, uh, I can't talk about the show and I can't talk about the makeup, but you and I have discussed it. uh, A makeup I had to do this year. Which is why, incidentally, I mean, if you're listening to this with a bunch of other podcasts, you're like, you won't have noticed the, the drop off. But I think like February was the last time we released a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Number 73 was a long Shit time happens. ago. and it's well, Shit's been happening, but it's not because we don't do the podcast anymore. It's because it's been that busy. <laughs> I haven't had a day off. <laughs> yeah, no, had you, you had your schedule. It's been crazy. Made all um, your hair fall out. Been, yeah, there we go. <laughs> Well, <laughs> I could afford to buy new hair clippers, um, but uh, yeah. So I had a, a makeup to do, uh, and it was a bit of a quick turnaround. I think I had eight days to do the whole makeup, which, considering it was a, a realistic kind of likeness makeup, was a bit mm-hmm. scary. But um, and I I decided to. Is this um, the one instead. where
1: where I did some cleanup for you?
0: Yes, yes, it is. Yeah, this was. Yeah, well, we'll get into this as well. How how why I, this I think so we
1: far. I think we need to because I think that is the future of the industry
0: yeah well in a big way there were there were there were were things that happened that couldn't have been done any other way and i think it has a a, a relevance with regards to foam so basically um, we had this actor that had to look like somebody and we had to do makeup quickly so i had eight days to do it um and what i didn't want to do even though I was really up against it and I was teaching at the Iva as well full time. So there wasn't really that much time available, but it worked out well um, is I didn't want to do it traditionally with a life cast. I wanted him scanned. So uh, with a mind to printing the cause. So I, I got my friend Horacio Nelson to come in and uh, he, he, he came in and, and, and for the day and we, we did the scan and it was fantastic. In 10 minutes we had, you know, the scan and then he went and the actor went and then within a half an hour, I had blocked out the sculpt on his scan in ZBrush and sent, you know, front profile and whatever pictures to the makeup designer and saying, you know, this is where we need to go. This is where I think the sculpt should finish because of whatever you know, you make practical mm-hmm. considerations. So we could kind of thrash these things out before anything was made. And then um, the plan was to then print the co- but obviously, the cast, the cast, the whole head was too much. Obviously, so we needed them to be broken down into cores, which I didn't have time to do, and I wasn't about to try and figure out. So I, I emailed you the, the 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 head scan, yeah, and then you, you you made them into cores for me. You did the nose and the and the face. Um, uh, or did yeah, you that was a, that was
1: a fun project. There was there was a fair amount of cleanup that needed to be done. Uh, yeah, on the head and around the ears.
0: And this is all in zbrush by the way so that this this didn't exist as an object at all it was just a scan yeah so, so on no, no one of the really plus sizes
1: the my zbrush skills have have improved dramatically
0: uh, yeah the well, result of this. very very pleased to have done this so i could email you this and then you know a couple of days later you send me back the files and then you know that's done and then i i, I throw them up on the printer and the scanner that you know we used was you know captures the correct size so it's the correct size there's no reason there's no need to 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 put an object in there to check the scale it scans out yeah. you know to to a tenth of a millimeter in, in you know intolerance in which is plenty fine for me but my idea was was a to scan him so that we didn't distort his face because he wasn't a young actor particularly but not ancient but you know i just i wanted to see if we could you know yeah, get you don't scan. want that I mean, alginate sag none of that alginate sag and that was really nice and also quick and, and clean and and cost wise about the same frankly <laughs> and then um what was nice was i wanted to because i have a habit of and i think a lot of people who were, who were you know raised sticking on phone pieces you tend to stretch the piece just a little bit to take up the fact that it shrinks and it becomes a habit that's just in your blood. You can kind of find that hard to shake off or I do. So what I wanted to do was I wanted to put the piece on snug. So I shrank the core that I was going to print by about 4%. So it was just a little bit smaller, not so much as you'd notice. And then I printed the cores and then I molded the cores and ran them in, um, like F40, um, uh, fast cast. So they were nice and strong, yeah. quick, and then, uh, sculpted the pieces molded them in epoxy so i had to i, I sculpted them so basically I had, to, I had to i had three days of just pure printing and then a day of making the mold of those prints clean them up and mold them and then half a day of making the cores out of those molds and then i think on the friday i sculpted the nose and the chin <laughs> and i say chin it was the throat and everything all around the all the jawbone did that on the friday I had james adams come in and help me mold them in epoxy on the saturday I ran the test pieces on Sunday. Opened the molds, cleaned them up, ran them on the Sunday, and then we did a makeup test on the Monday. And then we we uh, it was myself and another makeup artist doing the actual application. And then we zoomed the designer so she could see and make comment. And then we videoed him in the test makeup, going through some of his lines, and took a lot of photos, got approval. And it all took place within eight days. And it was scary because I'd never done most of this stuff before. And I couldn't have done it by myself. But what was amazing and what couldn't have been done any other way was, A, I was able to send you the files and somebody else in another country could make the course <laughs> based on the scan exactly how I wanted them and how I would have done it in clay uh, and then email them back to me with me still being able to work somewhere else that was a a whole way yeah which would have
1: completely horked your your eight-day schedule
0: yeah and so i could go away and teach in the day knowing that when i got back the files would be there and i didn't have to do it because you were able to do it and we're like seven eight hours out of sync anyway so it worked out well so that you know when i'm sleeping and you can be working and it worked out really well and then um uh yeah and then the other thing was the fact that you know i was able to 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 shrink the core so that when i put the pieces on i have a habit of stretching them I'm, because they were neck pieces they had to be really squishy really soft like 200 well no 100 i think we went gel 25 and i went 120 dead now really squishy so um very easy to stretch hence making the mm-hmm. cores a little bit undersized to begin with and it worked really well it worked really well, um, but it occurred to me you could probably do something similar with foam in when you enlarge your cores, so yeah, that you yeah. accommodate that shrinkage you know you're going to get with the foam, especially if you know what what the likelihood of the shrinkage is going to be. Well, you know, foam is
1: so stretchy anyway.
0: Yeah, it is stretchy, especially, especially you when
1: could, if you've got you know, if it's if it's thin, you know you can you can really get some good stretch when you're applying without worrying about it wanting to pull back and distorting the face because the stretch is trying to go back to its original shape it'll stay where where it needs to be and boom
0: yeah well where you do get it sometimes especially i, I think i remember reading this in the which was the makeup artist magazine that had the nutty professor was that the first one or the second one? one of the early early ones makeup artist magazine and they interviewed rick baker about the nutty professor makeup Mm -hmm. and i think he said one of the things they did was they when they took the head cast they cut across the neck and they added like an inch an extra inch to the length of the neck to accommodate the shrinkage that they know Mm -hmm. they're going to have because otherwise then you know the right bone would be floating and i've had that myself i've done foam runs with cows down to here and of course the neck is long so that's what i was saying with with the shrek piece
1: um the shrek cowl and face piece fits the actor that's doing it right now better than the actor that it was who's whose cast it was sculpted on because yeah. of the shrinkage.
0: Yeah. That's amazing. That's very very cool. So yeah, so uh, you know, the idea that you can manipulate you know digitally and and, and and you know fuck about with your original scan without losing the original scan obviously, but you can add into it things that you know you're going to need like elongation of necks or Mm -hmm. enlarging things a certain percentage or shrinking them to accommodate the material processes that you know you're going to have later was a is is amazing and so easy to do digitally but can you imagine trying to enlarge your head to five percent exactly you know practically any other way i mean i know there are silicons that you can swell and that kind of stuff but it's a bit hit and miss yeah and that's that's
1: pretty imprecise
0: yeah so, so it's, it's like quite- using
1: using a, a silicone foam or you know in animals you know because it's going to give you that nice gel but there's no way to know exactly how much it's going to to foam up yeah so if, if you're putting it under too much pressure in the mold it's it's going to do bad things and if you don't put in enough it's not going to fill up completely which is yeah. not good
0: yeah so it's 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 been an, an amazing thing oh and the other thing with i had to do I had to make some bunions for something for a different show and um, rather than scan it because again it was one of those things where I didn't get to meet the actress in time or we do not have time for a life cast so I just bought a foot scan from uh, 3D oh, the 3D scan store 3D scan store a great then, resource oh my god and then basically again same thing again I I I had to go this time I basically uh, you know isolated the section of foot I was going to do I sculpted it out into a core I flipped it so I had a left and a right because I wasn't sure if one they were going to see. And then I I printed the cores. I sculpted. uh, uh, That's right. I printed the cores. I made them quite strong. And then I painted the cores with uh, epoxy coat gel coat and sculpted straight onto those cores. And then I made silicon negatives with uh, plaster jackets. It was that quick, that quick a turnaround. So I didn't even mold the cores. Wow. And I made I made silicones, which were going to be seen through tights, so the edges didn't have to be perfect, but they were pretty good, and they looked great. They looked fine. They looked, and it was a yeah, no, case you should, of like. You show me pictures. They they did look good, and you know it was just it was a case of, uh, uh, of, of, of if you have the ability to print things, you have the ability to scan things, you have the ability to mess with them digitally. It has a very real world benefit if you are used to dealing with materials because you find ways where you go, Oh, I know materials. Well, I know that's a pain in the ass to do with materials or I know how long this is going to take to clay up. I don't have that time. So to assign that, a, you know, to someone to do digitally, you, you, you're using it to your advantage and it it, 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 it was really nice. To, you know, granted the, to,
1: the printing you know, process itself is not a quick one, no. but if, if you are good at, at organizing and planning things out, you can be doing any number of things on that project or another project while your core is printing out so that you're not sitting around twiddling your thumbs waiting for this thing to print out in the resin and the resin you know all things considered is pretty inexpensive
0: yeah well the resin. i mean i was using um you know fdm printers for my cause but certainly with the with the mono x and stuff i mean they're pretty fast so yeah you know, and they're not crazy expensive so it becomes a point where it's like even if you've got a lot of things to do you could just have three or four printers on the go it's from a practical point of view now whether or not you personally have those printers or whether you personally would use those printers the point really that we're trying to make is that the industry is using them and the industry can afford them. So it will have an effect on what can be done and how quickly and, and, and how accurately. Yeah, I think, um, I think uh,
1: we have reached a new point in the business where digital and practical are bedmates.
0: Yeah. Well, late. the thing is, I mean, I'm not, I'm, I, I'm so long in the tooth practically and I, I am, a lot of this digital stuff I'm doing almost reluctantly to some degree, (laughs) but I've had an absolute ball with it, particularly with printers because it has, it has genuinely been doing things that I either couldn't do quickly or couldn't do at all. And it enabled me to do other things. So ultimately I ended up being involved in the practical, what, you know, there was still prosthetics, there was still rubber that I was sticking on the face, but there was a lot of stuff that I was using, um, you know, because a lot of the materials you, you can print with well, but they're not necessarily suited to be mold materials. They're not strong enough. But right. the beauty of us being people that make molds is that it doesn't really need to be that strong. Mostly, it can be a really yeah, thin you can, print. You can
1: mold it and, and yeah. cast it in in a stronger material. One of the things that I had to do also on this Shrek production is I needed to make new um, gloves, new hand gloves for Shrek because the old molds that I have uh, with collapsible cores that I made the old fashioned way from a um, method I got from Brian Best is I, I'd run foam in those molds and I they wanted silicone gloves. I, well, shit. I, so I had to quickly sculpt new Shrek hands. Um, I think I did that in a day and a half and molded them. But I sculpted the the hands on 3D printed collapsible cores of a digital model of a hand a big a big hand you know like like mine that with the fingers properly splayed out yep. so you could get get the finger width right and I made uh epoxy molds of those and cast them in silicone I did power mesh glove you know, socks for the for the gloves that fit over the 3d printed and it was filament printed mm-hmm. that I had painted with um the smooth on xdc epoxy gel coat and cast these puppies up in silicone on the the fdm printed hand cores mm-hmm. and they turned out great
0: amazing <laughs> it's amazing that's but, one of the nice thing about about no, it does.
1: The, using 3d printed pieces is because when you cut them apart they're you know you're not you're not losing any any space it's just boom yeah a, a line so they fit together perfectly
0: amazing oh that's so cool yeah it's brilliant i mean it is it's a case of using you know what works for the job and it's just the more tools you know how to use the more you can include them or not because you know that they're not the right thing i mean i did have a couple of makeups uh one of which we didn't end up using but it was uh, i live cast both of those and i made uh a nose for one character for this tv show and uh, I used the, you know, that silicon insert. So the mm. mold itself was actually silicon with a jacket around it because it was the wings of the nostrils, which, you know, were undercut. And right. I didn't want to make a splayed anything. I wanted it to be, and I made a mold. And I took a lot of time trying to figure out how to make the mold just right. And like I say, in the end, the makeup, they we did a test with it and they didn't want to go that way in the end. But the fact is the pieces came out beautifully every time. <laughs> and there were no 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 undercuts even though it was an undercut mold and it was like yes you know and that was all done um you know without any um digital stuff that was all practical so it's really nice to, to just you know use what you know what is right for the thing it's not like oh now this is the thing it's like no it's also this thing it's like you know uh it's just, yeah, it's I mean, just which it's, get used to
1: I've said before you know just just because you can do something a certain way doesn't mean you should it's like there have been how many i don't many shows where they they've done beautiful practical makeups and production has decided they want to do it all cgi yeah instead like <laughs> you know, beating the beast for example uh yeah. you know just because you can do something digitally doesn't mean you should
0: yeah but also you get that i mean i've had that with emails from colleges where like someone will um say to me oh what uh here's my makeup I, i've cut it up into six different pieces and um, I'm not quite sure how to do it. And, you know, or I've got so far, I don't know what to do next. And I'm like, well, you look at the makeup and you go, why did you cut up into six pieces? <laughs> and they go, well, yeah. because that's what you do. And I'm like, well, if it needs it, yeah. But you don't just habitually cut pieces up for the sake just because you've seen something done that way. There was a reason why they did it. Otherwise, you're just mimicking what you've seen without knowing why it was done that way. And it's like so it's that kind of thing too, where it's like mm-hmm. you know, there's a reason why you might cut something up. But typically you try and keep it in as few pieces as possible. No, <laughs> Not looking good. for more back to the, to the why
1: is more important than the
0: how. Yeah, 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 exactly. And it's that's you know that's one of the reasons why we like doing this podcast because we you know we get to chat and then, and this one's been a good one for me because there's a whole bunch of stuff that I didn't know because i know you've been running that foam and i mean to talk to you for a while in depth about you know how that foam run went and all that kind of stuff but it's really good to to point out these problems that go with mm-hmm. foam but it's nice to see it still being used and i
1: still you know foam. i've i still feel like i know next to nothing about foam even though i've i've run a fair amount of it you know rob berman's probably forgotten more about foam latex than i'll ever know <laughs> but same uh, with I same think with even roland
0: he would, yeah, but you still, you still have a healthy respect for the, for the material because it is magic when it happens. Yeah, it, so it really variables. is. Variables, yeah.
1: And now kudos to the to the people who figured it all out because it's quite a system.
0: It's very very cool. Which foam were you using? What's what, what um was the
1: I am using Monster Maker's foam okay. at the moment. Though Motion Picture Effects Company is uh, has been experimenting with their own formula for a little while and uh, jeff has said he is going to send me some once they've got it dialed in okay. to to try and i so i, I am, am hoping it will happen before the weather turns cold again yeah, absolutely. You, you can't ship it in in the winter time because you freeze the latex and it goes it's no longer any good it's like yeah, yeah. like prosate. you don't want to freeze it either but i'm hoping that maybe when i get back in August I'll be able to get some from them to to run some and see how it compares to monster makers I started out running GM foam and I think I still have some some GM colorant for you know flesh tones and, and stuff
0: it's interesting to see what what brands are uh, around because when I was running foam years ago and I was running foam for um, animated extras I think we we're using a company called aquaspersions and I think they supplied like the spitting image people and like mm-hmm. stuff. I can, you know, when that was being done. So I don't know if they're still going, but it's yeah, one of those. I don't think that was like, ever available over here. No, I don't think it would be. And I think that, you know, you've always had pretty good phones, like you say, the Berman stuff and all, you know, it's. Been, yeah.
1: I've never tried, I haven't tried the Bermans though. I think, I think GM and Berman are, are very close, if not the same. You know, I think Berman may have bought GM or vice versa. I, I don't know.
0: But uh, yeah, but it's, it's, it's a, uh, yeah, it's one of those materials that is just not seen as, as much, but I suspect that's more to do with the inability of the people teaching at various places to be able to do that, either because they've never done it themselves mm-hmm. or they don't have the facilities to do it. But rest assured. Yeah, and that's that's a big part of
1: it, it, really, is because if you don't have a have a dedicated oven for foam latex, you're kind of shit out of luck. Yeah. And you need to have, you know, you don't want to be running, doing foam latex in the same room where you're running silicone because that's, that's bad.
0: Yeah. Well, the sulfur just, yeah, and yeah, the latex will, is, is not will good. <laughs> mess up. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. They don't, oil and water, they don't, yeah. they don't yeah. mix well.
0: Yeah. Well, that's cool. Yeah. I've been um, painting silicon heads this week, but they've been, um, uh, uh uh they've been gel 10 plats or gel 10 heads and then they've been painting up nicely so very very uh well-oiled uh, machine but uh I've, I've gotten really quick at cleaning out um my pache h <laughs> I, I could strip that thing down in about five seconds and fortunately it's
1: it <laughs> has very few moving parts so it's pretty easy to clean
0: very few moving parts but i found that um I've done there's the bulk of it with that. And then I do some refined stuff with an water. I've got an HPCS in that. Yeah. You know, that does well. But even though that's a more complicated airbrush, I have found that so long as I I put enough pigment in, so it's not too wishy-washy you can get really fine, crisp lines with it Um, because, you know, between the dashboard and the needle is is relatively short space. It's quite easy actually to clean it out. And I keep those pipe cleanery, you know, bottle brushes for cleaning an airbrush. I can strip that thing down in no time and then that works out well. But, uh, but yeah, so you've been, you've been stinking of you know, foam latex and, and the sulfur business. I've been, you know, my workshop's been stinking out with uh, oh, yeah. with naphtha and silicon spraying. <laughs> uh, but uh, yours has come to an end and mine's pretty much come to an end, which is cool. Um, and I've got a few days teaching next week and then the week after. And then I start on another movie, which I can't talk about partly because I don't know the name of it because they haven't told me that. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a franchise thing but it'll be yeah it should run for a while so that's good um but uh but we'll but as, as even though i'm working i'm looking forward to having more time for the podcasting because i just have one job on the go which is the, which the, the, the thought of just having one job yeah well I, I
1: have a feeling we'll we'll have some material for some podcasting while i'm in oregon
0: well i hope so too and you know you'll take that microphone with you and we can yeah we can definitely where you're on the road but i have to say um that uh that that the, the absence for those of you that have been like wondering why there's been no podcast, it's purely literally been down to the film industry has gone fucking bananas and it's been job after job after job and, and non stop. So, the reason that I haven't been able to do any recording and the reason to, is was because we've been busy, yeah, um, things have picked and, up
1: uh on both sides of the pond, both sides of the pond, but also.
0: What's good about that is it means there's plenty of material to talk about. It's just a lot of the jobs, like I've been quite cagey about mentioning what the jobs are because I just can't. But when they come out, you know, we can. I'll be able to show more pictures and stuff, and we can name it and all that kind of stuff. But it it didn't interfere with just the point we're trying to make about you know the scans and all that kind of stuff. But um, but yeah, there's basically stuff's been happening and so um for the best of reasons there hasn't been a podcast but there will be more and yeah loads loads, loads so many things I, I was trying to think about all the stuff i've done it's been i don't know like three different tv shows yeah, no
1: you you showed me your calendar and it's like holy crap
0: it's back to back <laughs> there was no no stewart time there
1: in there nope. at all no nope. yeah. <laughs> yeah. fortunately your studio's uh close to the house yes <laughs> like, like 30 feet away exactly so, so, <laughs> so you, you do get to see your family but
0: yeah but this is why it's been full-on f- for so long and then going on you know location and filming and stuff but also um that's one of the reasons why i was quite keen to actually work in a studio on a film and not not be it's just for a change of scene for a bit <laughs> yeah i'm very lucky that's come landed in my lap so that's good so but yeah, we have plenty to, to talk about, and uh, I've been documenting things, but again, I can't talk about it, I can't show any of stuff, but um, we we have plenty of material for that. Uh, I'm thinking, because um, we need to do something for the next magazine as well, yeah. I was going to think about doing a brief uh, Flatmore one as well, because um, that's one of the things that i think a lot of colleges particularly will be using and a lot of people you know starting out using flat molds and i see a lot of flat
1: molds in my upcoming teaching as well
0: so i think that would be a good thing to maybe cover in the as a primer in um in 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 maybe the magazine because i love and maybe also
1: i I i would love to do an article for the magazine on the digital practical
0: stuff that we've been talking about yes yeah absolutely yeah, well, particularly when it comes to showing pictures as well, because it's really nice to be able to see the, the modes. I mean, I, mm, I, we might be able to do something with the cores and stuff. Yeah, have you got I'm your Mono X up there. and running yet? No, <laughs> it's still in the corner. I've had that for about five weeks, in, still in its box. I haven't had a day off because I've looked at it and I've looked at the build plate. It's got a bit of a bend in it. So I know I need to sand that flat and everything. And I'm happy to do that. And I figure it's probably going to take me a day to put my workshop in order and put and install the printer and install, yeah. put it together, do a few test runs, all that kind of stuff, set up where I really idea, like it going to be. I haven't had a day to do that. I have not had a clear day where I haven't had. I, something I really else like, like mine me. and the,
1: the, the washer cure combo machine. Got one of also, them too. <laughs> also <laughs> works, <dealing> great.
0: <laughs> also works really, really well. We had a speak pipe message. Um, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Hey, Stuart and Todd. Uh, My name's Kaylin, and I'm from Denver, Colorado. Um, And for years now, I've been wanting to uh, get more into casting and molding. But um, recently, it's just been harder and harder to even get a place where I can actually have my casting and equipment, because it's just incredibly hard to find space to rent out here. And let alone find a school to learn more of these skills. Um, what would you suggest for someone who's kind of stuck working a forty-hour-a-week dead-end job and no space to actually improve upon their molding and casting skills? Um, sincerely, a fan also from Colorado. Thank you. I first of all, Kaylin, I want to apologize for not having responded yet. Um, Good news is I live in Colorado so I can help you.
0: That's good cuz it's, it's like I'd li- I'd gladly help out but it's a bit of a schlep from I I think I can
1: <laughs> I think I can help you with your problem.
0: That's cool. I mean generally speaking as well I would say the thing to do is just is to do small things well and scale up physically but yeah maybe you guys should just get in touch yeah. get you should get in touch with you direct and figure out what you can do cuz like you say you do need a space to do this stuff but
1: if you are indeed starting with small things as, as you should in order to get good at it. You don't need a lot of room to do it.
0: About managing the space you have, but you do obviously yeah. do need some space. You need, know, if you're going to make the smallest of omelets, you still need something that's like an egg. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, but yeah. So, okay. Well, that's cool. Yeah, so, well, I will, I will,
1: yeah. I will reach out to her um, via email and see if we can't find a time when I get back in town to help her with her dilemma. Fabulous. help in increase her chops
0: yeah because i would imagine like hiring spaces i mean i've i've always been lucky enough to have just a little workshop space you know even a little shed when i was starting mm-hmm. out or i would be working at places where i could make a little something there and i was getting you know experience on the job but that's a, she raises a good point like if it's something you you're working a regular job and you you know you're not doing any of this stuff in your work And you want to get good at it obviously exposure to it and familiarity with materials is really important and so um to be denied that through circumstances is you know it's gonna it 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 kind of clips your wings a bit but also it's frustrating because you want to do it you want to get your hands in there but that uh, yeah that would be very cool i think if you could do that i would love to have like a kind of uh you know it's kind of difficult with with um the restrictions that are still in place with things but i thought it'd be really Mm -hmm. nice to have some kind of like you know how i have maker spaces right you know, when people go and make something we have something like that but it's like materials and you can just you know for the cost of a bag of plaster split sort of 10 ways do you know what i mean like 10 people could all make a mold of something very basic very simple just yeah make make all the mistakes you're going to make with plaster on something that doesn't matter
1: well and one thing you she it. might she might even consider doing is uh i i don't know that they're doing it right now because I don't think I don't think Smooth-On has lifted their company restrictions on on masks and social gatherings and so on. But um, the Reynolds Advanced Materials shop that's here in town, uh, they used to hold regular hands-on seminars almost on a weekly basis for rudimentary mold making and you know uh, overview of of materials and and so on, where you, for free where you could go in there and learn how to make simple box molds and, and do castings of of things. And that would be a great resource for her or for anyone who wants to learn how to do this stuff. But even though many things have opened up, not everything has, and, you know, it's, we're still not back to the way it was pre COVID. Not that I ever think it will be. Um, but thankfully things, things are opening up, you know, um, I'm seeing signs all over the place where you know if you're fully vaccinated, your you know masks are optional stuff now. Yeah, yeah. But perhaps soon, things will be back to enough of a state of normalcy for those kinds of things to start happening again because that's a great way to and they, and they've got good space for it. Okay,
0: well that's cool. Well, so in direct uh, answer to your question, then, Kaylin, then um, yeah, Todd, Todd, happy to help. <laughs> so. <laughs> that could really be a if better I, answer to that question. If I
1: can, I certainly will. Even if, uh, you know, for space being a premium, if, um, you know, you've got garage space and you can just pull the car out of the garage for an afternoon and put a four by eight sheet of plywood on a couple of sawhorses mm. in the garage, there's your workspace.
0: Yeah. I mean, if the weather's good outside and it's not windy or anything, I guess you get like a little marquee, you know, like a little... Tent thing, you know, just a sort of six by four, tiny little tent thing. Well, in, we've and out we've places. certainly
1: done makeups in in stuff like that in <laughs> on yes. shitty days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've I've done that in sub zero weather. Yeah, you do with um, propane heaters.
0: You do still need a a place to work on. I I, I think yeah. some kind of dedicated workbench or just something like a um, you know like a board that you can put down on a on a desk and then mm. use that as your space and then you don't damage anything or get anything on the desk. Something with you know. A, a lip around the edge to stop spills from straying everywhere. But it's the Where fall, there's a will, there's a way. Well, I remember when I started out um, playing with stuff when I had, when I was, you know, living in my parents' place when I was a kid and I had a, a tiny little bedroom and um, I had, you know, my A little table space which was i don't know probably about 14 inches deep and about six feet wide it was just you know my tiny little desk space and i did a a load of stuff on that but you know what really got trashed was the carpet yep because you can you can keep tidy on the bench but everything ends up landing on the floor yeah you never think about
1: about putting down newspaper or plastic sheet when you're doing that stuff
0: yeah that's really important so so think about the floor space if you can maybe get a piece of lino you can like you know put down some kind of you know cut like the stuff you'd put in a kitchen floor and a roll and just roll that out and have that under the bench the other thing is for temporary fixes um there's something over here it's called roll and stroll i'm sure it's the same kind of stuff there where you put that on a carpet if you're gonna have decorators or building work done in mm-hmm. your house and then they put that down on the carpet and it protects the carpet and it, it's yeah. like a, a low-tack sticky sheet on a roll and you put it down and then you work and then when you're done you clean up and then you just pull this off the carpet. And, uh, and that works quite well, too. But obviously, you've got to reapply it every time you need it. So it might be yeah. worth getting a length of an offcut yeah. of, of kitchen line. Or, or
1: you know, even butcher's paper. You know, you can buy, buy these three-foot, maybe even four-foot rolls of, of brown butcher paper at, mm-hmm. at Home Depot. It's, know, a thousand-foot roll of this stuff is not very expensive. And I use it to cover my workbenches.
0: Yeah, very sensible.
1: Just to keep the surface Same. clean and when, it, when it gets all all glommed up with with glue or foam or paint or all of the above you just
0: rip it off and rip it off and put
1: put down a fresh piece yeah quite right which is what i'm gonna have to do as soon as shrek's done (laughs) yeah i'll send you send you info about the shop monkey's guide to running foam
0: amazing yeah we put the link onto the um blog post in the show notes as soon as possible uh i might be able to get this up in the next couple of days because there isn't that much editing to do oh and thank you again for edward martinez for getting in touch with us as well he, he left oh how is it he's pretty good he was on another podcast he does the is it the clive Barker podcast i think yeah. he's involved with um and he just said, hi. Oh, so that's cool. So we need to get him on the show at some point, but my, yes, we do. So yeah. Far up my ass with, with, with work. I haven't really been thinking about what to podcast stuff. but there's so much stuff. So what yeah, it would
1: be, be fun friend. to chat with Ed. I think he, so. And he's uh, a good, he's a fun guy.
0: Especially you want to talk about the dead pit as well and get all my eighties horror on. I just finished
1: Billy Butler's book, a uh, tawdry tales of uh, Hollywood, Hollywood horror boy next door good stuff i don't i don't i I think i fucked up the title but uh yeah it was a it was a fun read a certain amount of anxiety in reading some of it because you know i lived i lived some of that stuff i was i was out there uh trying being doing my filmmaker thing in the 80s also Uh, but it's a good read i highly recommend it and he and you know he talks about many people that we know in the industry uh, that he worked <laughs> with on on some of the the films he, he was in when he started out so that was it was a, i thoroughly enjoyed it
0: oh amazing oh cool i'll have to have a little look at that i really enjoyed i've been reading quite a bit at the moment i just finished um, david niven's first biography uh, the Moon's a balloon, which was fine. yeah, not, not at all effects related. Uh, but he did mention um one of the West Moors doing his makeup, which was cool, which I thought was quite nice that he remembered, you know, his makeup artists and everything. Um and I've been playing a little bit of a game. There's a there's a uh, you can get it on all the platforms called Little Nightmares. Oh there's Little Nightmares and Little My- Nightmares 2. I had it mentioned on another podcast. And um, the soundtrack is amazing. It's on Spotify. Yeah and it's oh, really I'll check good it good, okay. good creepy background uh, little horrors. nightmares little nightmares it's really really sweet it's really nice um but uh, that was a bit of fun so there we go all right dude good to see um, you likewise i'm I'm thrilled
1: that we're getting back in the saddle
0: oh we fucking yes i mean basically like I say, it's, it's just this there's so many things that have been backed up from working and doing the thing we talk about that actually I've got to just uh, step down a second and just kind of arrange them in a sensible order so we can get stuck into it. But we'll be doing the next one very soon. When are you going away again?
1: Uh, I leave on the fifth and I come back on the thirty-first.
0: I think we'll probably get at least a one or two more. Oh done yeah, I, I,
1: and and then we should probably get some done while I'm gone too.
0: Definitely, because I
1: will one. have I will have some some downtime uh, between classes.
0: Amazing. All
1: right, dude. Yeah, and as always, folks. Just like Kaylin did, you can leave us a, a voice message uh, on the website, battleswithbitsofrubber.com, or email us at stewartandtodd at gmail.com.
0: And to, to clarify how that works is on, when you go to the website, there's just a button on the right-hand side, and it says click to leave a message. And you just literally do that, and you just leave a message. You don't have to go anywhere or do anything special. You just click the button.
1: And you can ramble for
0: five says. minutes. Yeah, you can ramble. We ramble for an hour. <laughs> you can ramble <laughs> five minutes back. <laughs> All right, dude, speak to you soon. All right, I'll
1: talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. You can get in touch through our Facebook page or email us at Todd
0: at gmail.com. Check the show notes for more information. If you enjoyed this episode, tell someone else and help us grow by sharing it on social media. Thanks for listening.